I'm done with you. It's Hoggle. Wait, is it 15 or 16? I don't know, lady. Ambrosia. You know, I have that song on my playlist. What song? One of the Labyrinth songs. Oh, of course you do. Of course. Yeah, so we're having a late night today. We late just, night creepy vibes. Yes, we just recorded episode 14. Now we're doing episode 15 because somebody had to get in a car accident this past weekend okay. and just ruined the whole plan. But I would plan just like to preface had. when we say car accident, it's somebody ran me off the road and I hit the curb and it scraped the bottom of my car and peeled back the plastic. Not like Sierra was in the hospital car accident. Yeah, so she's fine. Yeah, I'm, I was not even like, I was just like, my ego was hurt a little bit, but like But that was it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. Forget <laughs> them. We're not big enough for them to do <laughs> Once they stop making money. Have like, you ever sang that in front of Eric? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he's probably like, what the Because he already hates the music do? I listen to. He, like, thinks it's... He's like, there's no beat to it. And I'm like... What the there's fuck no beat to you? I'm gonna fucking beat you, bitch! <laughs> okay, so... Welcome to episode 15. Welcome, welcome. We're still drinking the same drinks as we were before. <laughs> she has a diet soda. I have a ha-ha. Sparkling water. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Our weekends, weeks, still pretty rough. Sucked. Yes. Awful, awful times. Terrible times. <laughs> it's only Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I have a pretty sad story here. Oh. I was kind of hoping for, like, the Faye kind of vibe. No, sorry. We're not oh, doing okay. it this time. That's <laughs> fine. Um, this is called The Boy in the Box. No, thank you. I'm We're done. leaving. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Okay, I'm gonna leave this up because I can. It's a little protection sheet. Uh, okay. okay. All right. So we're just gonna get right into it. Get into it. Yeah. You. What are you doing? I'm closing my. Okay. <laughs> Making sure. Chill because out. your sim should be should be um upgraded by now or downloaded whatever. You were saying last. Okay. All right. So we're going to just get right into this pretty sad story. Great. This is an unsolved crime. Of course it is. You're really just going to hit me like that. I just want to get, I just want to be real with you. All right. So here we go. Okay. So on February 25th, 
The body of a young boy, approximately three to seven years of age, was found naked and beaten, laying inside a box on the side of the Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Really? Yep. He had appeared to be cleaned and recently groomed and also seemed to recently have his fingernails trimmed and his hair cut. Also found was major physical abuse prior to his death, and his body was covered in multiple bruises and was also found to be very malnourished. Mm. So, um, the physical abuse was not only just, like, current, like, like, just in the moment done, but, like, like previous times there was a lot of signs of, like, like old uh, bruises Bruises that were healing and stuff like that, so... There was also many scars found on his body and some that looked to be surgical, mostly on his ankle, groin, and chin area. Yes. His cause of death was believed to be uh, blunt force trauma to his head. Mm. Yeah. So no one has ever come forward or came to claim him. There has never been any clear suspects identified and he is actually known as America's unknown child. This case is still open and unsolved to this day currently. That's So... How do you, like, not come forward and, like, claim your child? Yeah, it's, like, which I'm going to go into theories, but it's just, like, it is, like, really, really, it's really messed up. And it's, like, there's obviously somebody out there, like, missing a child. Somebody knows that this kid is missing. For sure. And how nobody reported it is, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be, like, discarded. Yeah. Okay. Going into detail of, like, the actual crime scene and, like, what was found and, like, what evidence they did have. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, a young man was actually checking his animal traps when he came across a JCPenney box. Now, unfortunately, this boy was afraid that he would get in trouble for having animal traps out, and he did not report the scene to the police. So, it didn't quite say, I'm sure if I kind of would have, like, researched this a little bit more specifically, um, it didn't really say if he noticed the boy was in the box. Yeah, because I feel um, like that's a whole other thing. Like, oh, I noticed a box. I didn't say anything. Or, oh, I noticed. But the way that they were, it almost seemed like he may have noticed something was off. Yeah. But maybe not noticed, like, the full thing of it. So, a few days later, a college student knew that there was animal traps in the area. And he actually saw a bunny, like, running towards that direction. And um, that the bunny was, like, running towards those traps so he stopped his car to check on the rabbit and actually discovered the boy's body Mm. so the college student was also reluctant to report the scene to the police but decided to actually contact due to the recent disappearance of somebody by the name of mary jane barker Mm -hmm. so he thought maybe that could have been her yeah uh they didn't really state what his reluctance or his his or her reluctance why is everyone so reluctant to like yeah i don't know i mean this was like 1957 and I feel like around that time, obviously, this kind of stuff wasn't really super duper, like, common. Yeah, I but, mean, like, I feel like that's when, like, people would be more, like, it was less common. So Yeah, but so then much... I'm thinking, like, maybe he was reluctant, or she, it didn't really say if it was a female or a male, but um, maybe they thought, like, oh, they're going to think I did it. Yeah. So, I kind of, like, yeah. slightly understand it, but at the same time, but, like, I would the just moral, report it. like, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Found at the crime scene was a boy's body wrapped in a plaid blanket in the woods right off of Susquehanna Road in Fox Chase, Philadelphia. 
So the body was inside a cardboard box that was actually used as packaging for like a bassinet that was actually sold by JC Penney. Mm-hmm. The boy's hair had recently been cut either before or after his death because clumps of his hair was actually still found around his body. Okay. Which was a little weird. Yeah. He was uh, and looked to be severely malnourished and had the surgical scars um, to his ankles and his groin, and the one on his chin was an L-shaped scar. Okay. These were just observed at the scene, so that was kind of like what was... And unfortunately, he was naked, so it wasn't like they really had to look and dig around to find things, so... Uh, the police received the report on the body. An official case was open on February 26th, 1957. So his body was technically found on the 25th. Okay. And then it was reported. Now, technically, if you want to be super technical, I would believe it would be actually found around, like, the 22nd or 23rd from the first boy yeah, with the animal traps. But they didn't report And then it said it. a few days later was when the college student, and then the day after that he was found by the college student on the 25th, that's when, on the 26th, that is when his uh, body was officially reported to the police, and it was, at, like, an official case. So, I mean, yeah. I, they didn't say how long his body was out there, but I feel like at the same time in the 1950s, I don't really know if they had, like, the um, resources to be able to tell that kind tell, of information. Yeah. So, I mean... At this point, we don't really know yeah. how long he was out there. So the body, um, they took the fingerprints off of him uh, in hopes that they would be able to locate a relative because mm-hmm. fingerprints were a thing at that time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like I said, nobody ever came forward with any help or helpful information on this case at all. So the case caught massive media attention in Philadelphia and Delaware Valley. Mm-hmm. Over 400,000 flyers with a sketch of the boy's characteristics were widely dispersed by the Philadelphia Inquiry and were even included in everyone's gas bills in Philadelphia. So wow. they were, like, really kind of hot and heavy and on trying to figure out. And not one person Mm-mm. came forward to even claim what they even, like, knew Technically, no. So we'll get into that towards the very end. Okay. So the crime scene was heavily combed through by 270 police academy recruits. So during this time, uh, during the investigation of the crime scene, they recovered a man's blue corduroy cap, Mm -hmm. a child's scarf, and a man's white handkerchief with the letter G in the corner of it. Unfortunately, since none of these finds led anywhere... And even with much desperation, the police actually posted a postmortem, uh, for like photograph of the boy dressed mm-hmm. and seated to portray that, like what he may have looked like as a, alive. So yeah. like, in the nineteen hundreds, like it was very common to yeah, photographs of the dead. Yeah. So that's that I feel like wasn't as common in the nineteen fifty seven. What those photos are called. I don't remember either, but I think that was just, like, that was, like, a really last resort for them to, like, publicize that photo. So, uh, they did kind of clean him up a bit and take a picture of him, like, seated up, and hopefully that someone would recognize him, like, they tried to make him look more alive. Yeah. So. So, going all the way to March 21st of 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released a forensic facial reconstruction of the victim. And added him to their database in hopes that someone would claim him. Mm-hmm. So this is jumping all the way to 2016. So between that time, so there has not really been nothing much. Nothing between. Not much, no. 
So there are two major theories um, that have been highly noted as a possibility as to what happened to the little boy. Mm -hmm. So theory one involved a foster home that was roughly 1.5 miles away from where the body was found. Mm -hmm. In the 1960s, a medical examiner by the name of Remington Bristol, who pursued this case until his death in 1993, contacted a psychic from New Jersey. So this psychic told Remington to look for a house that matched the foster home's description. The psychic was then brought to Philadelphia and told to lead investigators to the house she claimed that the boy came from. Mm -hmm. The psychic led them directly to the foster home without any clues that that was the house that matched her description originally. So I'm just Remington looking at pictures of like what they Oh, yeah. like him pose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looked to be, like, a almost like a blonde boy. Mm -hmm. um, and they did, like, the first one was, like, a sketch of him where yeah. it kind of showed his, uh, like, where his scarring yeah. was. So, Remington attended a state sale that was actually held in the foster home and discovered the same bassinet that would have been packaged in the box that the boy was found in mm -hmm. and blankets that were actually similar to the blankets that the boy's body was wrapped in. Mm -hmm. So Remington believed that the boy was actually the son of the stepdaughter of the man who ran the foster home. So the stepfather ran the foster home. His stepdaughter, mm -hmm. the boy that died, they thought that that was, that her, was son. her son. Okay. Uh, they believed that his death may have been an accident and which was covered up so that the stepdaughter would not be exposed as an unwell or unfit mother. Okay. Unfortunately, due to it only being circumstantial evidence, they were unable to solidify the theory that Remington had come up with. Mm -hmm. So, in 1998, the lead investigator of the case actually interviewed the stepdaughter and the foster father, who were actually now married at that time. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And the foster home theory investigation was eventually just ruled out completely. So. Why was it ruled out? Um, I didn't, like, like, go too, too much into that. It didn't really specify just, like, on some of the basic, like, sites that mm -hmm. I looked at. I would just assume, like, there may have just been not, like, even though the idea of everything seemed, like, logical, yeah, I'm just assuming just maybe there just was not enough, like, solid evidence. I yeah. mean, I, I don't, I don't really know exactly when DNA was really, like, a thought during crime scenes yeah because like, so it's like know, they had that handkerchief and like that's like a good thing you could have found dna on which it just wasn't like the technology yeah, so, i mean for all there. i know they may not I, and the thing is too is like i don't really think this was like a huge police station even though it was in philadelphia like it, yeah. it doesn't state if it was state it could police. only be so advanced at that time yeah though, anyway. and there's only like so many now it was 270 recruits like of police like yeah. officers that were like I don't want to say in training but newer ones so yeah. I think it's just kind of like unfortunately the time of yeah. how things are handled so theory number two so this theory was brought up in February of 2002 by a woman named Martha and okay. she was also called M so, Martha did suffer from mental illness, but the police did consider her story to have some weight to it. 
So Martha claimed her mother had purchased this boy, who she named Jonathan, from his biological parents in the summer of 1954. During this time, the boy was extremely abused, sexually and physically, Mm. by the mother. Martha stated that during dinner, the boy had vomited his meal and then was severely beaten and his head was slammed continuously against the floor until he went unconscious. So she's saying how he died, basically. He was then given a bath and during this bath, Martha claimed is when he passed away. Mm -hmm. So the reason that this theory was highly possible was because the coroner did state that during the boy's autopsy that his stomach contained baked beans Mm -hmm. and Martha did state that he had eaten baked beans for dinner and he had thrown them up which started the ruckus between him and her mother Um, and his fingers almost looked to be like water wrinkled is what they called it Okay. so Martha claimed um the reason her mother cut the boy's hair was to help conceal his identity. So Martha was forced to assist in dumping the body in the fog, the fox chase area. And while assisting with this, Martha claimed a motorist actually pulled alongside and inquired if they need help. Now, he didn't see the body. Yeah, well, yeah. So he, like, pulled up. He saw, like... A mother and her young child and you know, like pulled up asking if they needed any assistance so martha was actually ordered by her mother to stand in front of the license plate on the back of the car mm-hmm. while the mother then told the samaritan that like they were okay like yeah. they didn't need help with anything so this story actually did correspond with a witness testimony back in 1957 that was given by a motorist stating that mm-hmm. he had seen a mother and her daughter on the side of the road. So it did correspond with something that they had. So despite Martha's confession, police were not able to verify the truthfulness of her story because the neighbors who actually had access to Martha's house during that time in the 1950s, when the boy was there, claimed that there was never a boy that lived with them and that Martha's claims were just absolutely ridiculous. Like if he's being, you know, abused and stuff, you know, there's people who have, like, hidden children away from... Well, this is this is going into the theory of why they think that. Mm-hmm. So, forensic artist Frank Bender theorized that the boy was actually being raised and dressed like a female. Okay. Reason being is because the boy's eyebrows actually look to be a, as if they were drawn in and styled like a female's eyebrows. Okay. They also mentioned something about how abruptly the hair was cut... That it yeah. seemed to be on the longer side. Longer side. Okay. Um, and that it was just, like, cut at all just, different. Yeah. Like, like, it was just, like, crazily, like, yeah. chopped off. So, in 2008, uh, Bender released a sketch with the boy actually having long hair mm-hmm. to see if that would help. So, in 2016, two writers from Los Angeles, California, and New Jersey by the name of Jim Hoffman and Louis Romano believed that they had actually found possible like a possible relative of the boy in which DNA was taken but unfortunately it did not match. So the young boy was originally buried in Potter's Field but in 1998 due to needing to extract DNA from his body um, he was exhumed and then reburied in Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedarbrook, uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So the Uh, The large plot that his remains are now buried on was actually donated 
um, as well as the coffin, the headstone, and the funeral service was actually all donated by the son of the man who originally buried the boy back in 1957. Which I thought was a nice little, you know, like, fact. Yeah. So the the second time he was buried, the reburial had major media coverage and had overall a large attendance during the funeral service. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the headstone was actually engraved with America's Unknown Child, where city residents continued to decorate the plot with flowers and stuffed animals in hopes that his identity will soon be found. So, what do you mm-hmm. think of those theories? I mean, I don't know, that mother and daughter, like, that's a lot to come up with. Yeah, you know I really, I mean? yeah, I really do believe the, and I, believe I feel Martha's like, you know, story. If you're, you know, if you're just, like, a neighbor, like, you might not, like, especially at that time, you're, like, who would hide a child, like, kind of thing, or, Mm -hmm. like, do that, but, like, people do it, like, there's been cases where people have hidden kids and underfloor, like, stair cases, you know, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not out of, like, the question that that could have happened. Yeah, especially, like, now in this day and age with how many incidences have happened with children like that. Yeah. I mean, now, when they interviewed the neighbors, it was still in the 2000s. It was, like, 2002. Yeah, so, like, you know... But, I mean, it's also 2022 now, so that is quite a bit of time since then. Um, You think if that was back in, what did you say, 57? 1957. Yeah, so, like, they're probably older. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a lot for somebody older especially somebody older to remember something so long ago exactly how things were and and like so many things just match up with yeah findings during the crime scene yeah no i definitely believe that theory um and i mean it it like really sucks yeah because the thing with oh there wasn't a boy in the house but if they you know for some reason were dressing him up as a girl yeah you know, that's another thing that they could have just looked completely past. Yeah. Oh, this is the cousin, or this is a niece, mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of things that, you know, they you know, specifically said they didn't see a boy, like, there was no boy living in the house. Yeah. The boy was being disguised as a girl, they wouldn't have... And, like, how do you know that the girl wasn't, like, locked away in a room? Yeah, like, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, there's a lot of things that, like, are easily... They easily could have concealed, because the neighbor's not going to go and walk around your whole house and, like, be like, yeah. oh, is there, like, anybody else in here? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, but yes, that is the story of the boy in the box. That is very sad. It is very sad. And I hope that he gets identified... I'm just glad that him. they gave him a good burial yeah. because the pictures of the burial it's like it's like really pretty yeah, like they I have was, flowers I was and everything. At it when I was yeah, at and they're saying that they leave like stuffed animals and stuff for yeah. him. So I mean, I feel like the police officers at the time, compared to other stories that we've read um, and have gone through, that they really tried to like give him justice. Yeah, and it seems like they really took it seriously, like quickly. Yeah. Instead of, oh, well, you know, excuses mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be looking in to see if there's any kind of links or even any kind of donation places mm-hmm. uh, to go towards um, not only just uh, this poor boy, um, but maybe even something for the, 
the uh, missing and exploited children. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to say foundation, but facility. Yeah. I'm sure they have something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, you know, you can, if people aren't able, because unfortunately this was back in 1957, so I mean... If anything did possibly happen, I mean, the chances of some of them still being alive now are very, very slim yeah. to none from 1957 to 2022. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we will post a link for the Missing and Exploited Children uh, database of some sorts. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if it's like a link. Like uh, the John Doe, like foundation. Yeah, there has to be something along the lines. That way, we can just kind of at least spread awareness for people to look at the site and see, you know, because you may not recognize one, but you can always recognize another because you never know. So, um, I was also thinking that uh, probably not now, but future episodes that at the end we can start just doing like a little mini series of just going through any current or even like previous uh missing persons and just kind of getting like yeah. their name out and yeah. their information yeah. so that way it could, could kind that. of spread awareness on recent. awareness on recent even past ones too yeah um but really kind of bring light to those cases that don't really get high media attention so unfortunately yeah because yeah. i mean like we've stated before, we want to use this not only to be comical for you guys with certain things, but like really spread awareness for certain uh, people and those that didn't get as much media attention as others have just due to whatever circumstances they may be. Um, and also just kind of keep you guys up to date on like what's kind of going on in the world, Yeah, you know? So, but yeah. So that is the unfortunate story of the boy in the box, and I hope that something one day will become of it. Yes. And that we will have some crazy high-tech DNA. Yeah. I don't know. It's getting pretty crazy up there. It is. It is. So you never know. Any day. Yeah. They could they could uncover a lot, hopefully, soon. Yeah. yeah so. be. That will be the day. Alright guys, so we're going to peace out. It's already 7.30. Yeah, we're going to eat dinner and then I'm going to go And we're going to eat dinner and someone still has to edit an episode, so. Not tonight though. <laughs> Going home sleeping. Okay, oh, well, adios. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Hey guys, Kirsten here from Killers Crime and Coffee. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook at Killers Crime and Coffee, a true crime and paranormal podcast, Instagram at Killers Crime Coffee Pod, and you can also visit our website, killerscrimecoffee.wixsite.com. Feel free to email us uh, your story suggestions and feedback at killerscrimecoffeepod at gmail.com. Make sure to also follow our friend Kobe, who made our awesome intro music on Instagram at kobe.conrad with four Ds, where you can find a link to his music. Make sure to find us on Spotify and Amazon Music. Bye!